0: This is an ABC podcast. What are you typing? I'm typing what you're typing. Are you? Are you
1: typing a story?
0: Are you typing a story? Yeah, I'm
1: typing a story. My story is about working from home with kids around. No, that's not your story. What's my story about then? Mom, ah, mom, ah, ah, ah. Self-isolation. Hey, how's it going for you this week? If you thought life was a juggling act before coronavirus, how much tougher is it now? So if you're working from home and you've got your kids there too and your partner. Whoa, talk about having lots of balls in the air. Hello, I'm Maggie Dent and in this episode of Parental As Anything, I'm going to show you how you can work from home while parenting without dropping all the balls. Well, at least... Some of the time. I first want to acknowledge that not everyone is working from home. You might be on the front line in hospitals and clinics. You might be providing us with essentials like food, or maybe, quite simply, you've lost your job because of this damn virus – I know it's really tough right now for lots of people, and if that's you, I hope you're doing okay. Working from home, especially when you have kids. (laughs) Well, it takes a certain kind of temperament, doesn't it? And I bet you don't think you've got it. (laughs) How do you rise to the challenge? With a few tips, I'm going to tell you it actually can be done. You might remember I spoke to Dr. Christy Goodwin about kids and screens, our very first episode, and she's also been working from home for years as a digital wellbeing and productivity researcher, and with three little boys, that's no mean feat. Christy, how do you work from home with the kids around and manage to stay sane and get some work done?
0: Well. First and foremost, I think it's uh, impossible to try and do both of those things simultaneously. When we try and balance parenthood and work, um, when we try and balance anything, in fact, the whole word balance suggests that we've got two opposing forces in tension and we try and multitask, and I'm here to tell you that the research tells us multitasking is a myth. Our brain cannot perform two tasks simultaneously. When we multitask, our brain starts to release cortisol, the stress hormone, uh, so we elevate our stress levels. We burn through a whole lot of glucose, so we feel really tired. Um, And we know that our error rates increase. So trying to be um, a parent and simultaneously try and work just won't do the trick. I've tried to recalibrate my expectations. Don't try and map your eight-hour workday onto your home environment and have expectations that it will all work out perfectly figure out what your glass balls are, prioritise the potent um, and really communicate that you're a working parent to either your colleagues or to your clients. Um, I used to try and hide the fact that I was a working parent. I thought that people wouldn't consider me as much of a professional. So I was on a very important conference call to a big multinational company hiding in the cupboard, um, as you do, uh, from the toddler who was calling out to me and I was ignoring because I was on this very important meeting um, and trying to hide the fact that I was also parenting he opened the cupboard door midway through the uh, conference call and declared that he had poo escaping from his nappy. <laughs> I then had to obviously <laughs> disclose that I was, in fact, a working parent. And from that point on, um, I have found from my experience of doing this for 10 years, people really appreciate the fact that if you're open and transparent and tell them what your boundaries are, they really respect that. In fact, I think they often admire and revere that. Also, put your working hours in your calendar. Communicate to others what your boundaries and um, parameters are. And I have also found offloading any of the mental load. I know we often talk about the mother load. Preserve your mental resources. Try and outsource some of your information. Writing it down, having lists has really helped save my sanity. From time to time.
1: Of course, when you're also functioning on not much sleep, if you've got little ones, and a lot of them have regressed in behaviour at the moment, so they are actually climbing into mum and dad's beds, that impacts our brain's capacity to function well too. So, how do you approach your kind of work day? It is going to be constantly interrupted. Can you give
0: some tips to parents around that one, please, Christy? Yes. So most of us have a unique chronotype, which is our biological rhythm as to when we're wired to sleep. And we fall into one of three camps. We're either an owl, a lark, or a middle bird. And what I suggest to parents is when you figure out when your energy focus is at its peak, try to assign that time to doing your most cognitively challenging, the most taxing, most difficult tasks that you need to do in the day. So I'm a lark. So I like getting up early, believe it or not. And I tackle the most difficult tasks. So that means I'm not doing email, which is usually not my most challenging work. I save that till the time of the day when my energy is waning. Try and map out your workday according to your chronotype and then build in your routine and your rhythm as a family then try and on top of that superimpose sort of the ideal activities that your kids can do when you need to be doing your focused activity. So this is when you'd want them to try and do some independent tasks, be that on a device or perhaps off a device. Perhaps that is when you intentionally use screen time. Is that when you pop on a movie so your kids can be entertained and there's nothing wrong. I think we need to ditch all this techno guilt about, you know, kids shouldn't be on devices and we've got to limit their screen time. This is not the time to be enforcing those strict rules. Um, But really try and map out your children's day as best you can to sort of be congruent with the focus tasks you need. At a real practical and pragmatic level, plan the bandwidth of your day. And what I'm talking about here is not your mental bandwidth, because we know most of us would burn through that by 10am without coffee. What I'm talking about here is plan when people need to be doing online tasks that require a lot of bandwidth. So you don't have four family members trying to do simultaneous Zoom calls while someone else is streaming a movie. So planning your day out um, from that perspective, Then when you do have that time, when your energy is at its peak, you have to build a fortress around your focus. We are constantly being hijacked with WhatsApp notifications, messages pinging throughout the day, emails constantly humming in the background. And this has a really significant impact on our capacity to focus what we end up doing is contributing even more to our stress state. We activate our sympathetic nervous system when we're constantly having our attention hijacked. So disable your alerts and notifications when you do have to be in that focus state. I've also found working in sprints, not marathons, even more helpful. Not only do we have a circadian rhythm, but we've also got an ultradian rhythm, which suggests that we cannot, despite what we tell ourselves, work for more than sort of 90-minute increments. Um, The research tells us that taking five-minute hours breaks and doing something active with that time really helps to bolster our focus and attention too. Because
1: we're not working the full hour day, I think lots of parents at home kind of want to just keep every now and then just jump onto their phone and do a few emails or or kind of turn to work when I can do a
0: catch-up moment. What are your suggestions around that kind of behaviour? Look, we need a psychological break from our work, and now that we're working from home, it's so easy with technology for it to bleed into every part of our day. Our brain was not designed to be switched on 24-7. We have paleolithic brains trying to operate in this high-tech world, and they just haven't evolved to do that. The elephants that you can probably hear in the background are, in fact, my two sons supposedly sitting quietly upstairs, (laughs) having some unsupervised (laughs) screen time to facilitate this uh, conversation. So I suggest that we um, have... Start of the day and end of the day rituals. Can you physically change out of the clothes that you're wearing to signify the end of the work day? Um, can you um, use different devices for different purposes? So maybe you only check emails on your laptop. Um, take it off your phone. With your wind down or end of day ritual, what I found really helpful um, is to write down two things. First and foremost, is write down one thing that you did accomplish. We have a negativity bias, so so many of us are saying oh, I can't get through any. I didn't accomplish anything. And we overlook what we have actually done. So write down, you know, a milestone that you did accomplish. The second thing is to write down one of the key priorities for the next day and pop it into your calendar. Not only does that signal to your colleagues or your clients that you're not available, but it means that you're already prioritising the potent. Um, So you'll be likely to be set up for success that next day. I had a teleconference that was scheduled to go for about an hour, so I put my 11-year-old in front of the telly with a movie on
1: and asked him not to interrupt me unless it was an emergency. He um, apparently didn't think cutting his foot was an emergency because after the hour I came out, having been uninterrupted, only to see him sitting there with his foot wrapped up in printer paper and sticky tape.
0: My husband and I are quite lucky that we both can work from home and both work remotely, but it just means that there's never been so many meetings that we need to attend to. But in saying that, we kind of can take advantage of, you know, we can just call our grandparents and they can do FaceTime story time, although we can't physically see them. And that's really helping to kind of keep my kids in a space where they still feel connected. And, yeah, we can just go back to the million Teams meetings or Zoom meetings that are happening on a daily basis.
1: I've been working at home doing a lot of meetings on Skype and there's always someone who asks, the person with the kids in the background, can you mute your microphone? And it's always my kids. My day starts now at uh, six o'clock in the morning. I get up and I do uh, between two and a half and three hours of pretty much uninterrupted work where I try and get my really big important things done for the day so that then I can focus on homeschooling my eight-year-old boy and my 10-year-old girl. So I was really quite resentful when I started reading these blogs on Facebook saying, you know, oh, don't worry about the sheets that teachers send home, don't do those, go outside into the garden and pull some weeds and count weeds or or measure things and bake a cake when the realistic nature is that I rely heavily on those worksheets that come home just so that I can get some stuff done in the background. So kids seem to have that radar, and I'm sure teens do the same as our young ones, that they seem to pick the worst possible time, don't they, to either get under your feet or come and ask a question. So how do you talk to them about giving you some time and some space?
0: And is that realistic? I've got the, the three before me policy. Before you come and say, "Mom, how do I or where is the or what can I eat? go and ask three other people or try to find three other solutions before you come. The other thing I found, as you suggested, Maggie, if you're in a position, and I acknowledge not everyone is, can you have a roster um, with your partner? We have in our house a PCG, uh, the primary caregiver, the designated parent who's the go-to parent, while the other person tries to do some work. And thanking our kids when they do try their best Um, I will thank my children later on for their quiet stomping um, upstairs, Um, but thanking them for their efforts that they do make can move towards trying to encourage that in the future as well.
1: I love having that sense of the designated parent or the top parent. I really think they need to have a bright coloured, um, you know, high visibility jacket on, seriously, because our kids forget, don't they? And we can just point and they get used to there's one person I go to to ask the endless dumb questions. And I also think it's okay to lock the door so they can't just walk in and out. I know that sounds kind of like a little bit mean, but remember, kids just forget. So I think that's a really important um, thing to have as a conversation well before this, because we want our kids to know we're trying to do our job while we're looking after you. And this is important for our family. So it's not just us being mean mean horrible puppy parents.
0: And sometimes they're coming to disrupt us because they want to have that moment of connection. So another tip that I found that works really well is filling up. I know you talk Maggie about filling up their love tank. Um, what can you do before you need to dive into work that will top them up? Is it getting them out being physically active? Is it feeding them? Is it giving them their water bottle? Um, but, but setting you up for success so that your interruptions are likely to be fewer.
1: Now, nobody was set up for the home office, those who were working outside of home especially those in apartments have got a limited amount of space, whether it's the kitchen bench or the kitchen table. So how do you kind of declutter yourself physically and mentally around creating that sort of a space? Look, you know, if you're in the kitchen, there's the fridge, you know, like there's the coffee
0: machine, there's the biscuit jar. How do you do that? Well, A study was done by Princeton University and they found that people perform really poorly when objects are in their field of vision. And I can hear my mum's voice here, you know, a a tidy desk is a tidy mind, Christy. And the research confirms this. Now, if you're doing your work straddled on the kitchen table with toys around you, just trying to have some clear line of sight as best (laughs) you can. I'm not (laughs) suggesting you need to tidy the house before you start working because we'd never get anything done, but just trying to minimise some of those And mental distractions too.
1: This is a particularly difficult time for single parents, and also for parents whose children have additional needs, and um, you know have also got vulnerabilities around their health. So, do you have any suggestions for them other than wrapping them in a great big hug and wanting to
0: send them endless amounts of
1: chocolate? What other practical things might you have for these families?
0: This is the time. To use technology to give you some much needed respite. If putting a movie on for your child is going to give you the mental break that you need to recalibrate yourself and reset yourself emotionally um, so that you can cope with your child or children on your own, then do it without the techno guilt. Maybe it's using technology for you as a compensation tool. Um, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and watching some binge-worthy television as a form of escapism. Um, we know it'll give you a hit of dopamine. It'll give you some serotonin, some of those positive um, neurotransmitters that will help us feel good and will put you in a better place as a parent to tackle you know, the rest of the day or the weeks and months ahead um, that you will spend in isolation.
1: I think it's important to remember that, you know, this is an unreal, weird time and that catch up can happen later. But right now, we're actually looking at our survival first. And if we can create those beautiful pockets, I would love everyone to have more movie afternoons now, eating popcorn, snuggled up with their children. To be honest, I think this is how
0: we're going to turn this around and see the gift that's within it this might be the perfect opportunity for you to dive into your children or your adolescents' digital world. I'm seeing some great things, ironically, on social media where parents are TikToking with their kids, um, where parents are starting to play video games with their kids. So really trying to immerse yourself as best you can. You don't need to love it. It doesn't need to be a long-term pursuit. Um, But I think it's a powerful way to signal to our kids that we see what they do online and that we appreciate it. And it takes down those barriers that it's perhaps something that's secretive or or toxic or taboo. Dr
1: Christie. thank you again for all your beautiful common sense and practical suggestions for our families out there. And, and good luck as you uh, continue with your journey of working from home with those three gorgeous boys. I've always been about choosing pragmatism over perfection, <laughs> especially when it comes to being a parent. But I know it's a lot harder to lower your standards around work. And it's a really big mental shift, but it's one you have to make if you're going to get through this. So here are some of my best tips for maintaining your sanity while you're juggling your work from home. To start with, be realistic. Some days are going to work really good and some just not. Some kids, mainly girls, can actually like to work beside you in pretend play and be really good at it. Don't forget, that your designated parent can be an older child. Yeah, it can work for a while. I also suggest that morning tea, lunch and afternoon tea is that time that we gather together and have a catch-up so we can fill that need for them to connect with us. Prioritise your calm down time. I know that sounds ridiculous, but even just five minutes and there's some great calming mindfulness activities that you can get that are free that take five or six minutes If you start doing it, your kids might do it as well. And yes, you can sometimes work with a sad child on your lap. Breastfeeding mamas have been doing this for a very, very long time. And then my last tip is that yes, you may sometimes need to have a work call from the toilet or the bathroom because this is crisis times and it's totally okay. Just don't stay there for hours hiding away from your children or your partner. This is a really crazy time that we're living in. So just remember, there is absolutely no perfect. Just do the best you can and take each day as it turns up. You really have got this. For some more great ideas on how to manage work at this time, I've got two podcasts for you to have a listen to, Mindfully and The Pineapple Project. Mindfully has meditations which will help you take the stress out of work. Remember, I said to you, you need some quiet time. The Pineapple Project has an entire series which looks at ways of how we can all be happier at work. And there's an episode about burnout which you really should listen to. Burnout is when that fire is no longer present and the fire has gone out and your eyes are looking a bit blank and your mind is a little bit blank and you're not performing as well as you should be, you do feel exhausted across the day, across the week. Those blue skies don't seem to press your buttons like they used to. You can hear Mindfully and The Pineapple Project for free on the ABC Listen app or podcast apps like Apple and Google. So next time on Parental as Anything... (coughs) Stop it. That's the last time I'm going to ask you to be quiet. Both of you. It's a tense time. So how are you managing conflict at home? We'll help you with that next time on Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent.